Welcome back to Let Tristy Take It. And this week, we are delighted to be joined by someone who owns a piece of pop culture history. Yeah, we are delighted to be joined by Daryl Vidal from the original One Only Karate Kid and the famous crane kick you see, Mr. Miyagi, practicing on the stump at the edge of the water is in fact Daryl, who was asked to come up with something for the movie, and he came up with that most iconic move that Daniel uses to great effect at the end of the film. It was a pleasure to speak to him. We're big fans of the movie. We hope you enjoy the episode. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you got a hand tough to make it. History repeats itself, try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one, and you can have your dream. You're the best around. Mother's gonna have a kick you down. You're the best around. Daryl Vidal, first off, welcome to the Let Christie Take It podcast. We've been chatting away there, and we didn't have the recording on. Thank you, Derek and Kieran. Great to meet you guys. We've just done a very too. good uh, introduction while you were, we were waiting for you to come in. We have many, many guests on, on the podcast, but you hold a very, very, very unique spot in uh, pop culture fandom for not only for being in the Craddy Kid, but we'll talk about, you know, those things that you've done within the production that had that had global impact. Yeah. yeah. Global. Wow. Well, global. Definitely. Where Ireland? So like a, a global. Yeah. Place. You know, I, 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 uh, I kind of, for many years, never even thought about it because, you know, social media really expanded on, on the popularity of the movie. So probably for the first 20, 25 years, it was just like a little known trivia about me that I was in the movie. But after, uh, you know, Facebook and, and social media and, and podcasters like you guys, uh, you know, it, it's amazing that, uh, you know, sort of a celebrity. <laughs> well, before we get into the questions, we just have to comment on your T-shirt. Tell us about the referee T-shirt. Is it a real deal, Cardi Kid T-shirt? So it is. It was not made. It was not part of the original T-shirts. But I, I had a friend uh, who who has a T-shirt thing, and he re, he remade it. It is. It's got the hole. Ah, oh, yeah. oh, the all valid. It's a full replica. But uh, he he did it for us before. Um, in an event where I was going to be with Pat Johnson. So I have this and you can see that it's signed by the man himself, Pat Johnson. Autographed it for me. And I don't wear it typically. I wore it for you guys today. We are more, you've no idea more than honored that you are sitting there wearing that t-shirt. Our oil is actually just a little. I have another shirt that uh, will really blow your mind, but go ahead, Kieran, you're going to ask me. <laughs> well, I was always going to say, sir, Mr. Johnson worked with Bruce Lee, didn't he, on Enter the Dragon as well? That's correct. He was on the yeah. golf course giving it to John Saxon, while John Saxon then giving it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the line is, uh, it's the dough, Roper, or we got to break something. <laughs> <laughs> you guys must really be big fans. Uh, oh, I didn't you. realize that, uh, that it's Ireland, right? Yeah, Dublin yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Dublin yeah. Ireland. Yeah, does have such a big martial arts uh, uh, phenomenon. I know that uh, I actually have a a friend uh, acquaintance who owns a martial arts school there uh, in Ireland. Okay, whereabouts? Um, well, I couldn't. Uh, wait, wait. Tipperary. All right. What style is it? 
It's Taekwondo. Oh, because I have, I have a Shotokan school in Dublin. I have a, oh, you do? I do. I teach uh, Shotokan, yeah. I, I was oh, okay. going to say, it, one of us is a, a karate, uh, six-degree karate expert. Not expert. I, I, let, I let you guess which one of us it is. <laughs> Kieran doesn't like me saying the word expert, and yeah, it's not me. Well, you know, right. we, we don't like to call ourselves experts, right? That's it. That's it, Daryl. Right, I'll get into the questions because like, we could talk about this all night. Okay, so, Daryl, what force got you interested in martial arts? Oh, well, I mean, we've already talked about it, Bruce yeah. Lee. Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe that's not the very beginning but it definitely was a major impetus. Uh, uh, you know, before I actually had any formal training, uh, you know, watching uh, the old Kung Fu movies and then Bruce Lee uh, definitely, you know, caught my attention. And, and, uh, and with, with the training that I had early on and, and what I could feel was kind of my natural ability, I, I actually thought, yeah, I could be like Bruce Lee, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And as well as Bruce, was there any other like uh, influences in America that were training or running, running dojos? Uh, well, I, I mean, th- I mean, thinking back, right? We're talking about early influences. Uh, there were, there were, um, you know, my own instructor obviously uh, was a great influence on me, and and other people that I trained with, uh, kind of during the same time, uh, because. Uh, I had, you know, had some training in Wing Chun. I did some training in Filipino martial arts. Um, I boxed and I wrestled. So, you know, there's, I, I would say in each one of those, those areas of training, there's somebody that I admire definitely. But, you know, Bruce Lee was, was the one who kind of brought mixed, the concept of mixed martial arts together and, and bringing, you know, boxing and wrestling and, and all these other things to his, his JKE. What was that you were doing on those stumps over there? Called crane technique. Does it work? If do right, you can defense. Could you teach me? After first learn stand, then learn fly. Daryl, how did you end up getting involved in the, in the Karate Kid? Was there an audition process? How, how were you chosen? Well, that's a, it's a good question, one that I've answered many times, but I'll answer it for you guys, is because it, it, it's a really a true Hollywood story. Um, I was, you know, training in the martial arts. I had, I had gotten my black belt in 1981, uh, and, I, and I, I thought, like I, I mentioned to you earlier, that I could be like, you know, the next Bruce Lee. You know, I, I knew I had flashy skills, uh, but the, I didn't really have the wherewithal even though I live in, in Southern California, um, you know, some people, some parents put their kids into, you know, Hollywood and auditions and they, they put a lot of effort into that. I, my parents weren't really like that, you know, so um, I didn't have the wherewithal or knowledge of how to get myself exposed into Hollywood uh, except for com- competition. So, through my my younger lower belt levels and then into getting a, my black belt when I was 18, um, I competed a lot in, in Southern California and in Los Angeles. Um, and so I was competing a lot, kind of making a name for myself. But, it, you know, it's a niche. It was a niche. Um, it wasn't, it, I, I would say more people know about, you know, 
tournament, tournament competition in karate now than, than back then. It was really a, you know, kind of an obscure thing. Um, but I did, did a lot of competition, you know, collected a, a mass, a tro- bunch of trophies. Uh, and, and what happened was uh, the director, uh, John Albertson, uh, who was also the director of Rocky, I think you, you might know that, um, he, um, he was out at, at karate tournaments in Los Angeles scouting. Uh, and so um, I had this kata. You know, in, in karate competition, there's kata and kumite, right? There's sparring and, and they're doing the kata form. Uh, well, I, I had made up a kata that, that basically had all those jump kicks I have that, that I showed in the Karate Kid were in this, this kata. So I would compete with that, and it had, you know, had me jumping the triple jump kick and the flying backspin, and, and that was in this kata. So when they saw this, it's like, wow, here's a perfect guy to come in and just, you know, show some real karate, if I should say so myself. Uh, and that's how it happened. They, the, the director and his assistant were there and uh, they scouted me and he gave me a number to call and I called the number and they said, come to this rehearsal hall. And it wasn't an audition or anything. It was literally, we want this guy, we found him and you're hired. Uh, and was it generally, was, sorry, Derek, was sorry, it generally uh, for any role or what were they thinking of? I know you were too good to be Daniel, obviously. Well, well <laughs> are you thinking of like Cobra Coy or had he got you in mind for? No, I think he, I don't think, you know, that's a good question because I, I don't know. I, I think he wanted someone who could um, bring some real karate so they should show flashes of, you know, uh, some realistic karate happening. Uh, but I, all the Cobra Kai guys were already picked as actors and Daniel was already cast. Uh, so, I, you know, they were just trying to find a place for me. That's the way I look at it. Uh, but then uh, early into uh, the her- rehearsal period where we were training with the Cobra Kai guys, uh, they tapped me to also do the crane kick, you know, to, to do the crane kick as, in, uh, in a Miyagi suit, basically. So that's how that happened. It kind of came as an afterthought. So that, that is the question I was going to ask when Kieran dove in. Not only were, the, were you an actor in the movie, but you also were Pat Morita's double. And famously, it's you on the beach, that's on, the, on the woods, doing the, the crane kick. The RMEs, that's correct. You know, showing the... that's, that's me. Uh, and um, and for, like I said, for 20, 25 years, I couldn't even prove that it was me because uh, in, the, in the disc and in the movie, I'm only credited as the semi-finalist. Uh, and then it wasn't until... 20 some year now to the 20 it's actually the 20 year anniversary uh they re re-released the karate kid movies uh and there's a director uh, commentary where the they have a director you know ralph and i think ralph and john i think even pat are talking uh in the background so if you turn it on they're talking in the background and when the crane kick scene comes ralph goes oh and there's daryl he's that guy he was really good you know he's blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, Hey, <laughs> they said it because, uh, before that I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, establish that it wasn't, uh, Pat, I mean, uh, Fumio Demura who did all the other stunts for Pat. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought that that was him. And why didn't he do that stunt? Why didn't Fumio do that one on the day? Um, 
he was older. He's older than me. So I think by that time, he probably didn't think he could do the stump, standing on top of the stump part. Is it? I was very young, much, you know, much smaller and lie, much lie. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. I mean, they never told me why. I it was it was presented to me, and I said, you know, let's do it. <laughs> so. But when 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 I watched the movie as a young teenager, the minute you come onto the screen, I knew this guy has something about him. You've been credited as adding the martial arts flair to the movie, which you do. How did you feel about getting beaten by obviously? less superior guys, you know, you, you, like you would have been the All-Valley champion. You would have been still walking around your hand in the air saying, under 18 champion to this yeah, day. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the uh, all my little, you know, scenes leading up to the fight with Johnny, uh, let you know, allow me to highlight some good stuff, and you have to assume I won those. So, you know, it's only the fight with Johnny. Uh, and here's an interesting story, too, is that, that fight scene, the semifinal with Johnny, was completely choreographed from beginning to end. Okay, there's no ad living there. We're just, I'm going to do this, then you're going to do this, and I'm going to do this. Uh, and um, so the way it was choreographed was he would score, I would score, and then he would score, and then he would win. So I would actually score one point. But uh, that score is cut. On, it's on the director's editing floor somewhere, and it was cut completely out. And and years later, I did ask uh, John Alvinson, the director. I said, "Ah, oh, what happened to my point? You know, I was supposed to keep, get a point." And he said, "Ah, oh, the movie was too long. I had to cut stuff out of it." <laughs> so so uh, when the yeah. film came out in '84, you you couldn't pass a park or a playground or probably even a dojo without seeing somebody doing the crank kick. That's How does true. it sit with you after all these years? And I don't know if you still have students competing. If one of your students tried to do it, what would you say to them? <laughs> okay, that's a, good, a bunch of good questions, uh, but I really enjoy it. The, uh, you're right. Uh, everyone does the crane kick. Everybody knows it. Even people that don't know the movie, haven't seen the movie, know the crane kick because other people, you know, show it to, you know, do it, and they end up seeing it. Um, like I said, for, for, for 25 years, I didn't even really talk about it. Um, and, you know, I've been teaching all this time because I have my own studio uh, here in Murrieta, California. I'm coming on 32 years here now. Uh, and I never talk about it. You know, people, my students will hear from each other or they'll see it. You know, it used to be you had to see it when it came on TV, but now it's you know pretty, it's everywhere. Uh, and then, you know, they'll start to talk about it. So what if they do it? Okay, first of all, I told Typically, you know, once every, it'll come up and I'll tell kids in class that they're not allowed to do that move. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have four kids. Uh, two of my, I had two of them are boys, you know, so my two older sons, um, they're both black belts. So they trained with me for years. Uh, you know, part of the black belt requirement is you have your own kata. And they both used it in their kata. So I was like... Can't do anything about that. <laughs> it's their kata. They can do it. Have you ever turned it, up at a dojo and just uh, bowed people in and just done that? <laughs> never. <laughs> Good. That will never happen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is the Champion! Show the words of the 
when you look back at the movie now, you know, with in hindsight, um, are you able to enjoy it as a as a um, a viewer watching it, or when you, uh, are you critical of the karate technique? Well, uh, that's a very good question too. Um, I can watch it uh, for enjoyment now uh, because uh, you know, just over the years, I mean, I've. I mean, I've seen it hundreds of times, so I know all the lines. Uh, but um, I think it's a very funny movie. There's a lot of good one-liners, uh, so it's and it's a strong, you know, it's a great plot. And, uh, outside of the karate, you know, I, you know, having seen it with my own eyes happening in front of me, uh, and then seeing it on the big screen, uh, yeah, I've, I've actually said in interviews, Hollywood, you know. The magic of Hollywood is here because in watching it in in life while they were filming it, the karate was terrible. I mean, it was. I mean, Kieran knows your your sixth degree. You, you you can tell immediately when people don't know karate that they're trying to do karate, right? Um, and uh, Derek, you probably can tell too if you watch a lot of movies. But well, uh, go ahead. Um, I was driving home this evening with my daughter. And she's a, a black belt. She's a, okay. a student of Kieran's, actually. And I said, well, what are you doing tonight? So we're doing the podcast tonight. I said, who, who have you got on? I said, we've got an actor from the, the Karate Kid. The what? The Karate Kid? Who have you got on? I said, his name is Daryl Vidal. Um, he's the guy that Johnny uh, Johnny beats. And she's just stopped the whole, whole, he's the only guy I like. He's the only one <laughs> that can do I know. He's the, but for, that's from a, a student of karate who, who watches it. Right. So when you look when you think back now to all of the Cobra Coys and who do you think out of all of the guys, I'm not saying he could pull it off, but looked like he could pull it off the best. Well, okay. For background, you know that Ron Thomas was a black belt or is a black belt and he trained and had his own studio. And so he was a black belt at the time. So between he and I, we, we kind of joked around and everybody else. So, you know, his, his movement looks pretty good. Uh, Anybody? Well, and then Billy uh, had wrestled uh, in his background, so and he's pretty athletic. But you know, none of those guys could really kick. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Ron, Ron Thomas is fine, but everybody else, nobody could really knows how to kick. So you, when you watch them kicking, uh, it's like it's very hard, <laughs> right? Not to, to have a critical eye on it, uh, but yeah, I still it's, can enjoy it. You know, and you see the same thing in the Cobra Kai movie, the shows. Uh, you know, you, they've got a lot more training in, uh, so and they do, they have acrobat people coming in and stunt doubles. So, you know, you can tell immediately by the kicking who's do, who's doing it, or if it's a stunt double, yeah. or you know, if it's one of. Well, Daryl, I don't expect you to pass comment on this because future projects could be at risk. But I think Daniel should have at least improved a little bit. My <laughs> leave right there. Okay. Yeah. So some of the contact in the tournament definitely looked like full contact. An example was the scene where the big guy runs at you and you sidestep Mawashi Gary or roundhouse kick into the chest. It looked like you gave him a bit of a smack. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a big dude. And, uh, he, you know, the actors, you couldn't touch them because you know, we couldn't even spar, right? Because they don't want to risk getting hurt. But uh, for that guy, um, and I can't remember his name for the life of me, I had an agreement with him that I was going to go ahead and hit him. Uh, not not like really hard, but we did it like three or four times. Uh, and the next day, he had a, a full 
bruise on his chest where I had hit him same time, three or four times, same place. So he paid the price. <laughs> As you're already practicing karate, was there much uh, choreography needed from Pat Johnson? Uh, well, definitely for the other guys. I mean, he, he helped, you know, did all that. Um, there were a couple where I showed, you know, uh, Billy Zabka or other guys, hey, you know, you can do this or you can try that. Uh, but the, the fight between myself and Johnny uh, was pretty much put together by me, uh, you know, with input, you know, make sure you do this or, yeah, go ahead and do that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, there were a couple other, you know, cut scenes that I, I might have had involvement with, but it's really the, the fight that, of, between me and Johnny that was fully choreographed. Uh, Darren, did you get an opportunity to hang out with the cast much? Yeah, you know, uh, yes, because at the very beginning, um, in the summer of 1983, the year before, um, they had us train together for six weeks. Uh, so I would go to L.A., which was a bit of a drive. Sometimes I would stay there uh, and then train. And we would train pretty much for four or five hours, at four, you know, two or three hours a day. It was like a four hour morning uh, and we would we would train together. Uh, and since Pat Johnson um, was, would run it like a class with the, the Cobra Kai's, I was kind of part of that class. But since I was uh, a black belt already, you know, he would help me or he would allow me to help or, you know, I could make, you know, help the guys work on stuff or, you know, I might take the count some, sometime like that on, on exercises. Uh, so, yeah, I got to know all the, the Cobra Kai gentlemen very well and they're, they're all very, very cool guys. Ralph, not so much because we would see each other in passing. Um, and, and then, you know, they trained separately. He and Pat Burita trained, you know, in their own deal separate. So that, you know, the, the Cobra Kai's would build up this team dynamic and uh, there'd be a little bit of us and them built up. Uh, and, and I, you know, that definitely works. So yeah, I did. Uh, it, it was great, and and Pat, Pat Marita, we got to spend quite a bit of time together because, uh, you know, we were at the beach together, and all those rehearsal times, he was usually there. So, and he's a great guy. Rest his what, soul. what would be your best memory from the production? Hmm. Interesting question. I mean, uh, um, yeah, I think remembering. Doing the crane on the post, even though, you know, just between us, the crane is a joke, right? It's, it would never work. I would never do that. Um, that was, the, it was quite a memory because here I am, uh, you know, on the beach where, you know, the whole, the whole uh, cast and all the extras are there for about a two-week period because they're doing that. They're doing the soccer scenes. Uh, you know, they're doing all the beach scenes at once. So, so I'm there with them. And then there's this one moment where, okay, Daryl, you're going to walk down that beach, you know, 100 yards down and, and do this thing all by yourself. And, you know, I'm 20 years old. I'm not an actor, so I never expected to need something like that. Uh, and so that is, to me, probably – uh, one of the most memorable th things from that movie uh, and just doing that. And part of the story is that uh, the post, the top of the post was kind of like half broken off. Part of it was 
damaged. So I could only really stand on about half of it. So it was a kind of a precarious thing. And I, I don't even know if I could do it now because I'm not as lithe as I was, not as light. But if, if I may add one more uh, memory, because it kind of jogged in my mind as I was talking about it. When we filled the semifinal scene with Johnny, um, I don't know if you know this, but they had several real karate tournaments so that they could get background and, and other shots and, and, and real competitors there. So part of what you see in, in the background scenes uh, are, was part of a real tournament where kids are actually in competition. So when we did the, um, uh, the semifinal, they brought all the stands in and they put it all around the ring and they filled it up. It was actually full of people. Uh, so it was a whole, you know, a crowd there. Yet they had like eight or nine cameras running at the same time. So there's a camera way up high and then there's a camera down here and there was a camera over there between the stands. So that's why you could see so many different angles and they would literally get eight cameras running and then they would say go and we would, you know, do the scene. Uh, and so that was to me just blew my mind is how all the resources put into, you know, one scene for me and this other guy to, to do this part. Uh, and you can even you can imagine what it's like now with, you know, hundred million dollar movie budgets. But, uh, you know, I think the movie, the budget for Karate Kid was just like three or four million dollars. So, you know, but at the time that blew my mind and it was one of the most memorable, memorable things. One of the scenes that stands out in my mind, Daryl, is when Mr. Miyagi steals the black belt. And that's an, <laughs> that's an unwritten rule. They do not touch somebody else's black belt. You're and right. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the karate people still look at that. And, you know, I'll see funny posts where they'll say, you know, uh, Daniel cheated. And he didn't <laughs> yeah. even have a black belt. Miyagi stole it. Let's <laughs> see. Yeah, what belt are you? Why am I trying? Open division is only for brown belt or above. Oh, yeah. Uh, boy, uh, black belt. Okay. You better hustle. They're starting. Down the hall to your left. Okay. I'll see inside. Okay. Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Referee. This is uh, not Miyagi. 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 Okay, thank you. Hey, thank you very much. Well, it just goes to show how good the film is made. Because Pat Moriarty did not do any martial arts. And, we, and in Ireland, I know it was generally not known that he didn't do any martial arts. He wouldn't have been known here, really. Probably some might have known from Happy Days, but as a comedian, he wouldn't have been known. So it was a right. big shock when people didn't found out that it wasn't him in a lot of the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you could tell by the way he moves. Uh, there are a couple of things, shots where they show him doing karate and it's clear that he, he doesn't. So... You're right. I mean, you can just look at him, and he, you know, he he did do some training uh, during those weeks. Like I said, that we were all training together, but you know, he wasn't, in, uh, you know, he wasn't really in good shape. And he was probably at least my age, maybe my a little bit younger than I am now. When uh, in my I'm in my late fifties, so yeah, he plays it so well. Is there anybody in the production that you keep in contact with? Uh, you know what? Um, there are. Um, I, I actually kept in contact with John Albinson, the director for years, because, you know, the amazing guy, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he would send me Christmas cards every year. So some, every now and then I would, uh, you know, return the message and, and I hooked up with them. And then Pat Johnson, 
Uh, I did keep potential with him for a while. Now he's he's less uh, uh, available. Uh, but uh, Ron Thomas and I kind of stayed to, stayed friends. So he lives, you know, probably 20 minutes away, and we'll get together every now and then, uh, pass messages back and forth. Um, but uh, there's a couple of people from the Karate Kid 3 who I'm very close with. One is uh, Sean Kanan, you know, Mike, the guy who played Mike Barnes. We, I tr I'm training him in, in some martial arts, Filipino martial arts. Uh, so we, we see each other fairly regularly. And then uh, the guy who played Dennis, his name is William Christopher Ford. Uh, he's a long-haired guy now. Uh, but he's, he's done some great work uh, since then, and he continues to be a great uh, filmmaker and and martial artists, so uh, we're, we're in regular contact. And there was no opportunity for you to appear in Karate Kid 3. I know 2 wouldn't have lent itself to you appearing because it was set in Okinawa, but how about 3, no? You know what? It was a, it was amazing because I, I John was still sending me uh, the Christmas card, so he knew where I was and how to get a hold of me, but I I didn't know about it till it came out. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I would have thought they might bring me back, but you know, you never know. Hollywood no, is no. Uh, and as you say, you know, your character is not being forgotten in the Netflix show Cobra Kai. You're mentioned, and, and it's Daryl Vidal. And I know yeah. Chris says it to Johnny's son. You know, Vidal, yeah. your, your dad beat Vidal in the semi-final, so you know they're recognizing. What do you think of Cobra Kai? Uh, it's it's hilarious. I, I really enjoyed it. I I think especially the first season. Um, I think they did a great job of hitting all the little cliche moments of Karate Kid 1 and, you know, you know, I can't even list them, but there's so many things where they ring back, uh, you, know, you know, doing this and other things that they've done just to, to harken back. I, it, I think that people who haven't seen Karate Kid 1 are missing something when they watch Cobra Kai because there's so much uh, homage to, uh, to the movies. So I do. I, I've enjoyed them. I've watched them since they were uh, coming out on you know YouTube, and then now that they're on Netflix, I mean, I probably watched the the whole thing maybe two or three times. <laughs> we now return to an '80s teen movie at a realistic high school. You going down at that karate tournament? I don't think so. You guys do karate? You're both losers. So, Daryl, the obvious question. Yes. If the phone rang, would you be prepared to, to face off against Johnny again? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, train, uh, I train twice a week at least. I spar every Tuesday night, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> would you be doing those jumping kicks, though, Daryl? <laughs> no. One, one, I wouldn't do them anyway. They were just for show. Uh, but, yeah, I can't get up in the air like that anymore either. Yeah. yeah, you know, you don't realize, I remember my old sensei saying to me, you know, our karate has to change from your 20s to your 30s to your 40s to your 50s, has to change and evolve with you. And the proof of the point is I was taking a class one day and I was showing a student the front kick and I tore my hamstring in a relatively easy kick. It's like, God, yeah. you know, you don't yeah, realize. I, uh, I did a similar thing, just demonstrating a front kick and, and you know, kind of dislocated my my hip in the process and kind of tore, tore, tore the hamstring. And so that took me six weeks to recover from. And I, I didn't even kick anybody. <laughs> so, so, yeah, your body changes. And, you know, my sparring, my fighting has always been very practical. So, you know, I do, uh, 
you know, I mostly hands. I, you know, you use kicks when you can for, you know, closing or, you know, countering or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I've always been kind of a practical sparring type. So uh, I consider myself pretty ready, not for the UFC or anything, but for, for crime. As we say in Ireland, you're match fit. <laughs> but, uh, Darrell, as you say, martial arts, it's been a constant in your life. And now you're a 10th degree Grandmaster in Kempo and are still teaching. Yes. Has, has yes. your member have you seen your membership increase due to the popularity of Cobra Kai? Well, you know what? Uh, my membership, I teach through a Parks and Rec department, you know, through our city. So it's kind of like the community program. So it's not a dojo or studio that I own. And and part of the reason for that is because my 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 instructor uh, and uh, and I took classes through the Chino Park Chidrec. It was the, the you know, Park Chidrec program, which kind of gets a slight, right? You know, people think, oh, you're not a real studio. Um, in, in fact, they even say it in, uh, in the Karate Kid where Daniel says, I don't want to take karate from the Y, you know, it's kind of the same thing. But, um, but because of that, um, I have I've never really struggled to have students, but I haven't really had a lot of students either because, um, you know, I have a regular job, so it's my my my, my evening uh, work, and quite frankly, I don't want too many students. You know, you know, get too many students, you need more assistance, and you know, you need more room, and and so I like to have you know in and around 40, 50 students, which is which is what it was for years, and then. Um, uh, the pandemic shut everything down. Obviously, we closed this all down for, and we went to uh, virtual. But right now, it's coming back up, uh, and so we're almost back to normal. Um, we're not having to wear anything, any face masks anymore. Uh, but to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, the funny thing is, is you know, in my classes, I start them. We do them and we leave and I leave. Uh, so I don't, I don't do a lot of, you know, socializing with the students. In fact, I kind of, I, I kind of keep my private life away. Uh, and so I don't have those discussions. I don't know if that's what they're talking about or what. I know that I've had several students that never knew about the karate kid for years, <laughs> which always, which is always a little, a little funny. It was like, but, you know, nowadays, it, 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 I don't think that happens, but uh, definitely when, uh, you know, in the, in, through the 90s and through the 2000s, I would, uh, you know, it, it, I, like I said, I would never talk about it. So. you mentioned there the pandemic did like you know in ireland and across europe all senseis and dojos and schools had to you know change their methods of training and you know go zoom lots of my students didn't like the zoom some loved them some preferred them did you do the zoom classes interactive and how did you find them 
Yeah, you know what? Um, I don't know if you know this, but on my regular job, I'm a technology consultant for schools. So the whole idea of, of uh, you know distance learning and remote learning via video was, was not foreign to me, but I was very hesitant. Uh, but you know, after six weeks, I think four weeks, it I was going crazy, and I said I'm going to have to do it. So I got one of my 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 workout room I have completely outfitted for Zoom. I have you know a better upgraded camera and green screen, so that I and then you know I, I have all of my equipment there, so I could totally do it. Um, I hate it. I think there's some things that uh, people can't get through uh, through Zoom. You know, you just can't feel some things. I can't see your feet. You know, there's just so many restrictions to it. So, um, but you know, you make do. Well, Daryl, it's been a, an absolute pleasure speaking to you. The last orders at the bar. You're down to your last dollar. The jukebox is there. What song does Daryl Vidal play out on? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I'm not a musician. I can play. I like I play ukulele. I have one right here. So I'm always Great. banging around. I play guitar a little bit. But I don't consider myself a musician because I'm not formally trained. But both my brothers were. Uh, and so there's a lot of music in my family. But I'm also a very, you know, astute listener. So I love classical music. I love rock and roll. Um, so, I, you know, I think I would have to, I need a little more context for your question. You know, I could I could just as easily pick, uh, you know, a Beethoven. Well, uh, Daryl, this is this is the context for you. It's the okay. last song that Daryl Vidal will ever hear. It's literally last orders at the bar. Okay. Last dollar. It's the last song. So there's there's two um, there's two people who I think are or were the greatest, uh, and one of them is Elton John, and the other is Freddie Mercury uh, from Queen. So I could easily pick um, "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me" by Elton John, uh, or uh, "Don't Stop Me Now" by. <laughs> well, we'll find a mega mix of those two, Daryl, and we'll play out. Now, I'm just disappointed you didn't pick Joe Esposito. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say, in comparison to other electricity take it guests, uh, Daryl, you're the best all around. And uh, we were delighted. You've no idea. We've been talking about this all day, and we were talking literally for about 30 minutes before you came on. And uh, we're, because I know we, heart, we, we touched upon it, but the fact of the matter is, regardless of, of the instruction you were given, you invented the crane kick. And in 1984, there wasn't a kid who didn't try to do that crane kick. <laughs> so you have a small piece of pop culture. Yeah, uh, A slice sure of the pop culture fandom or in the realm is yours. Forever. Yes. And, you know, not only, not only that, because I, I always kind of say I'm the most famous person that nobody knows. <laughs> Because of what you said, you know, everyone knows the crane kick. They don't know that it's me, but they, they do know the crane kick. It is iconic, uh, and and everybody knows it. Uh, so yeah, I, I cherish that, and you know, uh, it, it is something that I've 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 learned to uh, embrace and, and be proud of. So thank you guys. Well, from, from two fans in Dublin, thanks very much. Thanks, well, Karen and Derek, I appreciate the time that you guys spent. Um, if people want to get in touch with me, it's okay if I tag uh, so plug my stuff is uh, on Facebook. I'm, I'm very uh, communicative on Facebook with uh, Vidal Kempo. 
I'm Al Kimbo on Facebook page. And then on Instagram, I'm Rock Breaker Boy. <laughs> it's kind of a weird one, but uh, that's Yeah, we'll the, share them on all our links, Daryl. We'll share them. And perfect. Perfect. And uh, it's a pleasure meeting you guys. Shooting star leaping through the sky